Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I'm Jacqueline. And Alana. And here's another episode of Black and Yellow. What up, y'all? Welcome back. Welcome, Black and Yellow Nation. And more importantly, Happy New Year. (gasps) Woo! We made it. We survived 2020 and we've made it to our final episode of the year. Wow. Time sure flies. <laughs> Here we are. It's the new year. Chris Thanksgiving, Christmas and the new year. Yeah. Like I think we did 50 episodes this year and it's kind of crazy to think about all of the things that went down. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> 2020. You could say that's an understatement. Exactly. But to be clear, we're not recapping or reminiscing on 2020 in this episode. We already did that in a previous episode from about three weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, the episode's called Life Before and After. If you want to check it out and if you want to get your reminisce and reflection on, and quite frankly, anyone who wants to reminisce on 2020, God bless you. <laughs> I want to get this year as far behind me as possible. Uh, but no shade if you are, if you have yet to reflect. Um, but we wanted to drench our last episode in hopefulness and ambition and joy and laughter. Absolutely. Um, I think the new year brings a sense of, you know, new energy, um, new feelings, a new beginning. And even though it's just a date, it means a lot for a lot of people. Um, And considering the year we just had, I think it's really important to, um, you know, jump on that like new year feeling like, you know, like, you know, uh, do new things, try new things, like set yourself up for the new year. Sure. Yeah. All things new. We're we're into it. And we're going out with a bang. We have a capital M motivating conversation in store for you today with a fantastic guest who we are big fans of that we hope will get you all fired up to tackle your goals, to slay the patriarchy, and to enthusiastically start anew in 2021. But before we kick into our small business segment, I wanted to do a fun little thing. So around this time, people are doing rose and thorn, i.e., what was your rose? What was your thorn of 2020? High point, low point, yada, yada, yada. But instead of looking back, I want to look forward. So I want to play a little game called Hope and Nope. So, Jay, what is one hope and one nope you have for 2021? I like your version a lot better. <laughs> um, although I've never heard of Rose and Thorn. Like, well, what is that? I think it's it's I think there's different variations of essentially saying like high point, low point 2020 of, of whatever year. I know ah. that a friend of mine who works at Bravo, like they do Rose and Thorn on Watch What Happens Live. I think it's all variations of like what was your favorite memory and what was your least favorite memory? Mm, you know, but like We've already done that. Like, yeah, yeah. 2021, here we come. Right. Here we go. Um, (laughs) So a hope for me is definitely to get my businesses. I have two businesses that I'm going to be working on in the new year. Um, One, as you know, is my family business. And that's going to hopefully be, that is a huge hope to, you know, take off. And then another one is my own personal business that is going to take a lot more like school. Not, I guess schooling, like not like I guess academically, but like not like a new degree or anything. It's just gonna take a lot of studying and like buckling down. Um, yeah, like I've always been interested in like the fertility world, as you know, and I really wanted to get certified. Um, 
Yeah. And, and I would love to impart, um, you know, this wisdom on women about how to like and really know their bodies. Um, and if they really know their bodies, they, they wouldn't, um, you know, uh, be at the mercy of people selling things to them that they know they don't need um, or taking things that they know they don't need. So anyways, that's all on my alley. Um, <laughs> but I'm planning on starting that in January and it's, I'm going to, it feels like I'm going to like be going back to school in a weird way. Um, but Hey, I mean, that that's, it's going to be super fun and a lot of hard work. Yeah. I was going to ask. Oh, so, so it's not school. Um, it is, it's, it's school in the sense of like, I'm studying and, um, I'm learning. Right. But uh, there's no like four year, like master's or three year, two year master's program. There's no like, you know, schooling in like, like officially in that sense, Mm. but it is like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm learning all about it so then I can teach it, um, to other women and then hopefully create a course of my own. So, yeah, so so it's really exciting and a lot of work. um, And I was like, I was like learning all about it. And I was like, it felt a little daunting, but I was like, you know, this is the time to do it. Like, when am I ever going to do it again? Right. Like this, just start. Right. Yeah. So, so those are my hopes. And, um, a nope. Oh gosh. <laughs> there, I feel like I'm waving my, if you guys can't see me, obviously I'm waving my little like index finger in the air. Um, it's so hard. I feel like it's hard for me to say a nope because this year was so filled with notes. This, this year was one big nope. Do you want me to go yeah, ahead? Yeah. I can go ahead with my hope as you, as you maybe like court think about your nope. I could do that if that would be yeah, easier. Do, why don't you do your hope? Okay, cool. Um, So my hope for 2021 is I want to keep growing this podcast, this little baby that could. I want to keep growing. I think because this year we saw so much success on the show Um, because I think that the pandemic and all of the protests and social justice movements really hit our two particular ethnic groups really, really hard. So I feel like it was a lot, it was really easy to create under these circumstances and with the world potentially opening back up, maybe not totally in full, but starting to open back up again. I am excited for the next iteration of this podcast and what it's going to look like and what it's going to feel like and what it's going to sound like. Um, as we like transition back uh into something like normalcy yeah yeah. you know what i mean so i do i'm excited for the next incarnation of this show so i hope that we keep growing bigger and better and we keep talking to seriously dope people i agree i couldn't agree more i mean i think (laughs) i think it was so awesome to meet so many different people throughout all walks of lives. Um, it, it like really in a weird way, I feel like it really broadened my perspective mm-hmm. on people and on life um, while staying like cooped up. Yeah, no, totally. Definitely. <laughs> right? Yeah, absolutely. There weren't sort of distractions. Yeah. 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 Beca- and then because of that, right. You're able to, to, to see more clearly. Sure. Definitely. Very interesting way. Yeah. Um, okay. So I guess <laughs> one, I, I, I like figured out my nope. Nice. Um, one nope would be for me to, nope, I'm not getting in my own way anymore. Ooh. That's a, that's a big nope for me because I tend, okay. 
it has nothing to do with money or like relationships, but mostly I, I think this year too, I, I really focus on me. And I think the only way to continue to do that is to make sure that um, I'm aware of the things that like I'm not aware of in a way. Yeah, and that makes I, sense. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like just recently, more than before, I realized like how often I get in my own way where I just see what I want to see or I just like don't can't see that like the bigger vision mm-hmm. and I get kind of like tunnel vision mm-hmm. and and so we think the not getting in my way like encompasses so much right, right. just to like totally. it just it's super general and broad but but there's so many ways I can go about not getting in my own way mm-hmm. um because I want I want my my 2021 to be freaking amazing sure so yeah definitely that's that's where I'm at I think my you? note so my note was a little bit more general. I feel like this year there was a lot of talk about supporting Black-owned businesses, Asian-owned businesses, female-owned businesses, and I really hope it's not a trend. Oh, tell me about it. Yeah, so my, my note is a bit more of a general note uh, in the sense that I hope that we don't get into 2021, we get our vaccines, we start to readjust to the world reopening, And then people start going back to business as usual in terms of how they spend or who they choose to support. I hope that the drive to continue to support minority-owned businesses and female-owned businesses and gay-owned businesses uh, continues to be a priority. So I guess my nope is, nope, we don't go back to the spending habits that we had pre-pandemic. We think more. We uh, we put more importance in our dollars, meaning the energy of our dollars. And sure. we keep the businesses afloat that we want to support, not because, n- not supporting businesses that we maybe aren't so into, but it's more convenient. You know, it's your Amazons and your big businesses that can oh, get yeah. your product easy and fast. But where is that money going? Who is that money supporting? So I think... Nope to empty spending in 2021 is a big one for me. I want to be really that's cognizant a, a of work my money. It's a vote, you know. For sure, for sure. I think I think that one is a great one to that that uh, that to me should just be essential and basic. Ooh. But but because Girl, are you calling because, me basic? Okay, okay, okay. In the best way possible. <laughs> um, but I think we're not we're not really taught that right right from the right. start. Like right from our parents don't have that, we don't have that until something like this year yeah. happens where we start to begin like, oh, like holy moly, sure. like my money my money like actually really counts, right? Yeah. Um so so that's great. I'm yeah, that's awesome. I'm I'm Thank also you. gonna do that. Thank you so much. This was fun. Thank you for indulging me. I really appreciate it. Hope and nope. If y'all want to yes. steal it, take it. <laughs> so uh, speaking of your your nope, mm. um, we're going to get right into our small business segment. This is where you guys all know where we like to support Black, Asian, female, local, non-local owned businesses. It's our version of economic protest. We need to diversify our dollars. It is so important. Um, so I'm going to go ahead with mine. So um, I was really happy I found this company. Um they um, are called Ahimsa Essentials. 
They were established by a husband and wife team, Sean and Queenie, after they both learned about the harmful harmful chemicals found in conventional and natural skincare goods. Um, So they set out to create a cruelty-free vegan skincare company with goods that contain at most only five ingredients and no artificial ingredients, preservatives, synthetic fragrances. Yeah, I was like, wow, that's really bold of them. Um, So, yeah, they're um, Asian-American-owned. They are committed to providing us with earth-friendly, sustainable, cruelty-free, and 100% plant-based products that relieve, repair, and renew. Their mission is to provide us with um, healthy, cruelty-free, and earth-friendly products that are both affordable and effective, right? It's all about that's, that's that's really important. So they have everything from um, natural deodorants to moisturizing body butters to exfoliating scrubs mm-hmm. um, to essential oils to soaps diffusers um, jewelry gift sets apparel. Uh, so check them out, and you know it's really important to. I've noticed, like even within. And I'm not knocking the big guys because I think the big guys, like even within our small business segment, like they, they've made it because they've done the work and they've been there. But like the more I dive deep into this like small business segment, I start to even see like the big guys and the small guys within our small business yeah, segment. Yeah, like, yeah. Like the ones, the ones that have found their way into Whole Foods, mm-hmm. um, which is Amazon. Really. <laughs> um, <laughs> just saying. <laughs> Let them know, Jackie. Let them know. (laughs) The ones that have found their way into, you know, a Bed Bath & Beyond, which I think is amazing. And I think that's great. But those who haven't, those are still those who are still showing up um, at farmers markets or at your local, you know, uh, whatever markets, flea markets, um, whatever it may be. I think we just have to remember that um, if we can choose to support even the smaller big guys to bring them up um so yeah something like ahimsa essentials um is 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 is, i think one of them and so i really wanted to feature them and send them my love i'm really glad that you mentioned that because i do think that uh there's a, a great point that you made in that where i think i think there's a weird sort of in between of like well i'm supporting black owned businesses i bought it at target and you're like Okay, yeah. like no shade to the Black-owned businesses that are carried in Target, but it does st- sort of make you think, like, to sell to a Target, to sell to a Walmart, to sell to a Sam's Club, like, what, what is being compromised uh, in your business's ethos to get into one of those big business stores? Yeah. I, I, I love that point that you brought up, because I think, I think I felt that through doing this segment, but never really had words to, to put to that concern. So I think that was really, really beautifully stated. And I do think that that's something that I will be looking into closer moving into 2021. So thank you for that, Jack. Yeah, of course. Okay. So, um, I love the smell of pens and paper in the morning. I love stationery. I love pencils and pens and sticky notes and notebooks. Talk to me dirty. Girl. So (laughs) I am spotlighting Greer Chicago at Greer Chicago. uh, If you are on the gram, it is a black owned independent international stationery and office supplies store that will get you office supplies and stationery from everywhere to you. 
Uh, I think in the spirit of today's episode, also going forward into 2021, look, if you have a brilliant idea, you got to have something to write it on, right? You, If you have a brilliant thought come to you, you don't want to forget it. Grab a really pretty sticky note and write it down somewhere and stick it. Maybe an affirmation, maybe a to-do list. Who knows? But um, uh, stationary pens, paper, office supplies. Yeah, it's my jam. So founder Shonda Chandra Greer says she started Greer because, quote, I wanted to create a place where purpose was solely, always 100% steadfastly positive, a place devoted to good feelings, intelligent thought, and the celebration of beauty. Greer is devoted to bringing you a collection that makes your world more positive, beautiful, and thoughtful from an array of designers, large and small, who dedicate, who are dedicated to the same thing. So you can get everything on Greer's website and it's all beautiful from greeting cards, notebooks, planners. However, don't buy the, don't buy Greer's planners, buy the life tracker planner. (laughs) We'll get to that in a second. Um, uh, All office supplies that you could possibly need. Greer sells. It's all beautiful. It all makes a statement sitting atop your desk or whatever workspace that you have. And I think think going into 2021 and, and wanting to tackle big goals and big dreams, you don't want that same basic composition notebook that like millions of other people have. Does that really inspire creativity? Maybe for some it does. But for me, I know I am a lot more willing and apt to sit down and write and create an idea when I have really beautiful stationery or a notebook to write it in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And yo, it's not too late. I mean, hey, look, I realize that Christmas is behind us. But if you have those outstanding Christmas gifts, like that one person that you're going to see in two weeks and you're like, oh, shoot, I got to get them a little gift real quick. Check out Greer. Why not? You know what I mean? Like, like stationery is the gift that keeps on giving. You're always going to need a pen or a pencil or an eraser. So check out Greer Chicago. So a Himza and Greer, I will drop the, uh, these details in the show notes. Let's kick into our guest today. So earlier this month, we had a giveaway, uh, and the, the, Part of the giveaway was a life tracker planner, among other little goodies. And uh, our giveaway winner was Lauren Sloan in San Luis Obispo, California. Shout out to Lauren. Congratulations. Um, and the I would say the, the big ticket item in that giveaway was the life tracker planner. It is a cross between a day planner and a life organizer. And it's something that Jack and I have used for years and it really has helped us to solidify our goals and our dreams. And among other things, bring you this show. Jackie now has two businesses, one in the works and one is fully born. And we actually owe a lot to our next guest, not just for creating the planner, but for all of the wonderful work that she does. So we are secretly fangirling over here because we can't believe that we actually got her as a guest on the show. We are huge fans. Um, we can't yeah. wait for y'all to hear from her. Yeah, definitely. So Emily Aries is an author, CEO, and founder, speaker, and podcast host. After rising quickly in the world of campaigns and elections as a grassroots organizer and digital strategist, she launched the award-winning personal and professional development company, 
Bossed Up in 2013. Aries has worked with leaders at Fortune 500 companies to support retention, diversity and inclusion, and human resource initiatives at Facebook, American Express, Wintrust, and Capital One. I'm sure you've heard of those companies, right? And has been featured in media (laughs) outlets, including The Washington Post, CNN Money, BuzzFeed, NBC9 Denver, NBC9 News Denver, excuse me, ABC7 Washington, and more. Emily is based in Denver, Colorado, and combines her political past and personal experience with burnout to help others step into their power and be the boss of their careers and lives. This woman is seriously dope, and we are so excited to have her on the show today. So happy. Absolutely. And without further ado, Emily Aries, thank you so much for helping us end 2020 on a high note. Welcome to the Black and Yellow podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's a delight to be here. So let's start by having you tell our audience about the work that you do with Bossed Up and what inspired you to create it. Awesome. So I started the community that is Bossed Up back in 2013 because I needed a safe space to come together with unapologetically ambitious women. Uh, There just aren't enough of those, if if I'm being honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to be fair, at the same time, I had really struggled with how to balance my ambition with everything that the world teaches you about how to be a good woman, how to be nice Mm -hmm. and caring and kind and supportive, how to put everyone else's needs before your own. Because frankly, I was raised by a super mom who is basically a saint. (laughs) <laughs> who is a professional caretaker in that she's a labor and delivery nurse. Ooh, we need and, those. Yeah, right? I mean, like, the two vulnerable beings at once are her patients. Yeah. <laughs> and she raised myself along with my three siblings as our primary caretaker. Wow. Um, and just was so selfless in her practice of motherhood and just her, her work. She really does proudly martyr herself. And... <laughs> I found myself kind of blindly following in her footsteps. Not that they're not great footsteps, but Mm -hmm. they weren't really right for me. And I quickly found myself burnt out, martyring myself for a job that didn't care about me as much as I cared about them. And stuck in a relationship with a really toxic person who struggles like millions of Americans do with addiction and alcoholism. Mm. Got it. And I just yeah. remember sitting in a therapist's office and the therapist said to me, how long are you going to live your mother's life, Emily? And I was like, ooh. <laughs> that hits you like a ton of bricks. Yeah. And so that was the beginning of me getting my own shit together and then starting Bossed Up years later to say, hey, ladies, is it hard to keep your shit together in this world? It's not you. It's the world. Let's get together and do something about it. You know? <laughs> That's so true. And here we are now. Here we are. Yeah. Amazing. Well, speaking of getting your shit together, you are a published author. You published Bossed Up, A Grown Woman's Guide to Getting Your Shit Together last year. And the driving through line of the book is a message of harnessing one's power and really owning one's worth. In a year like 2020 that has left so many of us feeling powerless, how can we maintain or find nuggets of power to keep us motivated and moving forward? Yeah, this is the question that keeps me up at night and sometimes sends me into this like nihilist existential spiral of doom that can be kind of entertaining. Um, It's almost absurdist. I'm leaning in. Wow. It's sort of like 
how to give yourself a pep talk through a pandemic. Like what an absurd thing. There's no self-helping your way through systemic injustice, right? Yeah. I live at that intersection of, I believe in our personal ability to take ownership of our lives and our day-to-day choices. I, I do fundamentally believe we have more power than we're taught to think. Mm-hmm. And there are systemic forces of oppression operating on all of us all the time. Yes. Over yeah. which we have very little control. How do you reconcile those two beliefs? That's my life's work, you yeah. know? So in this year, it looks like validating the fact that none of this shit is normal. <laughs> okay? Yeah, yeah. totally. None yeah. of this shit is normal. We shouldn't mm-hmm. have a global pandemic. We shouldn't have a science-denying president, soon to be former, God willing. Everything Woo-hoo! goes as planned. Knock on wood. <laughs> <laughs> and we shouldn't have to be dealing with uh, black bodies being brutalized in the streets every day and put on mainstream TV every day to trigger right. everyone. So, right. you know, mm-hmm. whether you're a woman, uh, queer, black, whatever, black or yellow, right? Whatever it go. is, we all have been handed a pretty shitty deck of cards. It's not equally distributed. But it is our job to play those cards to the best of our abilities. And ideally to change the game while we do. To make it better, to make those distributions a little equaler, if that's a word. But you know, that's that's sort of my belief is okay, here's what I got to work with. What can I do? Mm -hmm. Is it going for a run this morning? Is it listening to podcasts that uplift me like black and yellow? Is it reading things? Is it surrounding me with people and voices? that reinforce my sense of agency over my own power, over my own future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or is it to wallow in despair, which is a perfectly fine option every now and then too. <laughs> Beautifully said. I like that you had a little bit of a ludicrous lyric in there. <laughs> when you were talking to us about it's not the hand that you're dealt to tell you play your cards. I know there's always just a little bit of hip hop running through all of your messaging. I also love that you pick up on them more than anyone I've ever met, which is amazing. I was like, what? It's like, not some hip hop in my house. So like, you know, we, I, I see you. We feel each other from one hip hop inspired show to another title right. wise, at least. Um, and I mean, you know, naming your company uh, bossed up as a white presenting half Latina Jewish woman <laughs> raised in the suburbs of Connecticut. Known oh, its, wow. Known for its hip hop scene. Uh, right, right. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that was definitely a move, right? That was kind of yeah. a, a, an audacious move. Mm-hmm. And listen, I'm not perfect. Nobody is ever pretending to say that. But I think part of why Bossed Up is what it is, is because the messages that come through loud and clear in hip hop, mm-hmm. aka via the Black American lived experience, are so universally applicable. Yeah. And so inspiring to me as a young girl listening to my first Tribe Called Quest album in the seventh grade, right? <laughs> and so it's like, you can you can see the bullshit. Like, talk mm-hmm. about Black America's experience. You can see the injustice. You can see the unfairness. And you can say, I'm going to own my power anyway. I'm going to rise up anyway. And that yeah. is, that's inspiring to me. A hundred percent. Emily, I got to take you to the Black church. Like, they would just love you over there at St. Agatha's. <laughs> Uh, well, since you wrote the book on helping people get their shit together, help us. Because mm-hmm. 2020 has been a shit show. Mm. But that doesn't mean that 2021 has to be. We can still set big, juicy, audacious goals and chase them, even though we're facing uncertain times. Right. 
So with that said, how can we set goals for ourselves when the future is constantly changing? That's a great question. So I always say you can't start taking action until you you've sort of directed your compass in the, in the direction you want to go in. Hmm. And so the first thing is to carve out the time and space, which are premiums these days or at a premium these days. Yeah. To actually give yourself permission to dream really big. Hmm. Now, there's a lot of reasons we've been told not to dream too big. We've been told to be grateful for what we have. Mm-hmm. We've been told not to say what we want so loudly or it mm-hmm. might not come true. We're, we'll <laughs> jinx ourselves. Right. Right. We've been taught not to aim too high publicly because the hubris of that will just be offensive to others. Uh-huh. Very right? true. Right. I mean, there's so many messages. Yeah, that we've received that say, don't don't speak your your vision too much. And I'll be honest, I'm not a big fan of the whole cut and paste vision board nonsense as Same. much. Not either. It's never never works for waste me. It's a time yeah. and energy. Who has magazines anymore? Well, I right? do. Don't call don't call me out, girl. I have the new in style sitting on my on my desk. Okay, wow. so who has glue anymore? I I think you were single handedly, Alana, like propping up the the paper zine uh, world. Uh, yeah, for sure. Which is fine. That's good. Do you? But I just think like I I think that the science says the research says, and this is really why I'm a little anti vision board. The research says. You want to spend equal parts and equal time and equal energy focused on what it is you really want and how the hell am I going to get there? Mm -hmm. A lot of us who are type A, like myself and a lot of our life tracker planner users who are like, okay, we're going to color code. We're going to project plan. We're going to benchmark. We're going to project manage this whole thing to reality. You know, dream spouse, dream house, dream whatever. Mm -hmm. Dream squad, dream car, all all the dreams. Yeah. We get the uh, the project management part, but we don't question the goal. For example, mm-hmm. when I was 22, had just been hired as a state director for this awesome organization called Organizing for America. I was marching my way to the top of a political career that I realized halfway up I didn't really want. Oh, God, and that's that a painful happened. reality. I, yeah. Yep. And so you, you, you've got to question the what as much as you question, or the why as much as the what. Right. So what does that look like? Ugh, who knows? It's kind of woo-woo uncomfortable for a lot of us, but <laughs> maybe you're someone who talks it out. I'm a talker when it comes to talking out my vision. That means I need to put myself in an environment with people I love and trust who believe in the fiercest version of me mm-hmm. to say, what would you do if you had a million dollars? What would you do if this pandemic were gone tomorrow? What right. would you do if 2021 was your year of yes to borrow Shonda Rhimes's, <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. So like, that's a question. That's a, a conversation to have. Put the yeah. phone away. If you're inspired to be creative with a little bit of wine in your glass, go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever that is, talk it out. If you're the kind of person who cannot articulate those questions in real time, <laughs> no shame in that game. Get yourself a journal, ask yourself a prompt mm-hmm. and just let it flow. Start writing the shittiest first draft of your next chapter of your life. And mm-hmm. you'd be surprised how often the answers are already within you. It's just totally. giving yourself permission to dream big and say, I will figure out the how later. Mm-hmm. You don't need to know the how 
before you start articulating and exploring what it is you really want and why it is you really want it. And that order of operations is really important to begin to dream audaciously and then go after those dreams. Yeah, because you're telling people to leap and the net will appear. Like as long as you said that, or, or did I overstate that? Yeah. Or was I getting I, too actory on you there? Sorry. I feel like you get a little, that's a little close to just manifesting. Okay. Okay. Which is different. Okay. What I'm saying is equal parts why and what as how. First, the why and what. You need to spend a good chunk of time saying, what do I really fucking want? If everything I love and everything I know to be true is gone tomorrow, what would I do with my life? Mm-hmm. Then, then you put in some time and effort and energy around the how. Okay. But it takes actual time, energy, and effort. It takes saying no to the kids, to the partner, to the girlfriends, right, to the right. work it's obligations, so and saying this day is for me and my future <laughs> and my life, and I'm going to devote some of my sacred energy to right. me. And not yeah, I think that. I think that's mm-hmm. spot on. I mean, you're pretty much answering the next question we have for you, which is, you know, we've learned <laughs> so much about goal setting and goal attainment from you, especially through your amazing planner, which we'll talk about as well. Um, and your methods have never seen us wrong. So once someone has set a goal for themselves, you know, you're talking about the steps they can take to make their goal a reality. I think that also has a lot to do with, you know, setting boundaries and really knowing oneself and taking the time to just be with yourself and, and really just kind of sit in it and, and, and follow through with the steps that you're talking about. Right. Yeah, definitely. So I'm a junkie when it comes to, I shouldn't say junkie. I'm a bit of a fan when it comes to goal attainment research and cognitive I like science. I like junkie. I like junkie. Go for it. I don't it. know if I'm young enough to say I stand cognitive science and behavioral psychology either, but that's, that's sort of where I'm going. Yeah. Okay. Go totally. for it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because there's a ton of great research out there. When I started Bossed Up, I kind of drew on my background as a political science major who was always thinking about systems and structures of the body politic, our communal society. Mm-hmm. And I almost, this is what Brown University will do to you. I almost <laughs> double majored in cognitive science, but I took French for funsies. And that, and that sort of blew that out of the water. NBD, slight work, just French for funsies. Yeah, five days of immersion French my senior year. That's the kind of nerd I am, just so y'all know. Um, but I, I studied a lot of cognitive science, almost double majored in it, because I was always fascinated with not only the body politic and how we collectively make choices, but how you personally make those choices and how those two interplay. Because sometimes the academic world thinks those are two separate things when... Yep. Mm-mm. I think they're nope. very much interconnected. So when I started Bossed Up, I reached out to my old CogSci professors, got connected with a network of researchers and said, who's studying gender and decision making? Mm. I want to be your friend. I want to hang out. I'm starting a thing. Let's do a thing together. How many and answers to that question did you get? I know. Two. It was a nationwide okay. listserv. Okay. And I got two bites. I got two bites. I put it together in a more cogent email, but I got two bites. It sounded very profesh. I was like, <laughs> I'm starting a new startup or something. And one of those people who I had coffee with ended up being a huge ally to me and an advisor and is honestly half of the reason that the Boss Up Life Tracker exists. And that is <gasps> Professor, Dr. really, I should say, Anastasia Pochepsova Ghosh. She is Russian born. 
You've had her, I've had her on the Bossed Up podcast. Okay, yes, yes. I'm like, wait a minute. That name sounds familiar. Was it Sminty or was it Bossed Up? It was okay, bossed cool. Up. Thank you for registering that. And she's amongst many folks in her field studying why women in particular experience higher levels of guilt when it comes to multitasking and mm. goal pursuit. And just there's so many interesting intersections of gender and goal pursuit. And there's, I could go way into the weeds, but there's two yeah. kinds of goal pursuit research out there. One is habit formulation. Mm-hmm. That's where you get the Gretchen Rubens of the world, as who's a happiness scholar who studies, you know, habits. Yeah. Um, I forget the book, but it's like, Atomic Habits, that guy's really deep into that oh, research. Oh, yes, yes, uh-huh. And then the other field that I'm more interested in is goal attainment, which mm-hmm. is not about daily habits, but it's like, I want this thing. How am I going to get to there mm-hmm. when the, the goal is really long and really right. arduous and really complex? Um, so <laughs> having steeped myself <laughs> in that and read academic papers for fun, Ooh. um. Anastasia and I really came up with and tested at every single Bossed Up Boot Camp, which is a leadership weekend that we held for many years. And of course, COVID ruined, but we will eventually hold again. We kind of tested this, this methodology known as the Bossed Up Life Tracker method on all of our ambitious, career-oriented women who were coming to Bossed Up to learn how to integrate our lives and our professions in a, in a manageable way. And dare I say, delightful way. Right? Love that. Yeah. <laughs> it does sound like it, a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. And so the some of the key things that came out of this, tactical strategies that have really worked for the Life Tracker uh, mm. method. One is cognitive chunking, which is a fancy word for saying, take your big, arduous and audacious goal and really break it down. Mm-hmm. If you make a to-do list every day that says things like, finalize this project that is too big you need to say (laughs) email that person follow up with this person write this document record this podcast you know really breaking it down so you can start to organize what you have on your plate Mm -hmm. the second is called highlighting which is a another fun word for prioritizing strategically every Mm -hmm. single month our life tracker planner users say here's my top goal for work here's my top goal for my relationships in my life that I care about, my top goal for my health and well-being and my top other shit that I have to do because I feel like it or personal finance or music or creativity or whatever you want to pursue. And then we say, okay, pick one. Pick one that will be your priority because priorities. Oh, it's so hard. I know. I'm always like, can I pick three? It's not a thing. And I, know I, won't, and I know I won't do it. That's why it's one. I know. It's so hard. And here's the thing. There's two ways I look at this. One, you can either choose now or life will choose for you. Oh, say that again. Say that again. You can either choose your priorities up front or you can wait to feel guilty halfway through the month when you haven't made any progress on your other stuff. So good. It's essentially a way of saying, I'm going to proactively decide which Mm -hmm. matters most to me. Not forever. That's the key about highlighting. It's not forever. It's a temporary form of prioritization where you say, I'm going to be the best daughter I can possibly be this month. I'm not going to be the best boss I can be this month because women experience role overload all the time at higher rates than men. Meaning we feel like we have to be the perfect spouse, the perfect mother, the perfect worker, the perfect uh, parent, mentor, friend, sister, whatever, all Mm -hmm. at once. And I think it's Tiffany Dufu who writes in her book, Drop the Ball. Yeah. You got to redefine those roles, right? Mm -hmm. You got to decide. 
So prioritization via highlighting is saying, I'm just going to put one thing on the front burner. Everything else is still important, but it's going on the back burner for a temporary amount of time. And you can take this lesson into your daily and weekly life too. Mm-hmm. This morning, I'm focusing on setting my team up for success. This afternoon, I'll get to everything else. You know, like yeah. really temporarily putting boundaries up on what it is that you're going after. Your episode with Tiffany, I can still hear in my mind her uh, nicely passing off the ball when scheduling her kids' social activities to her husband. I can remember that 15 to 30 second sound bite, and it has not left me because that's how I pass off any sort of outdoor jobs to my fiance. Like, right. oh, it's a dirty job. Give it to him. I don't want to do it. And, and you may remember from that interview, she has to consider consistently condition the world around her to understand her boundaries because what is the default we all think well she's gonna do it right she's the mom right Mm -hmm. right and even child-free folks like myself run into that shit all the time when i was going to a backyard covid socially distanced movie night for a friend recently our dog was taking you know a poop as dogs do (laughs) in my friend's backyard and one of the other women there said oh emily your dog and i said Oh, Brad, you're done. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, why am I the, sh- like the pooper scooper? Yeah, Auto- yeah, totally. You are automatically known to be the pooper scooper. And it's because, and I, I really only did it because this woman defaulted to me. And I was like, yeah. I know that says something about your relationship mm-hmm. your husband. Oh, yeah, totally. I got to condition you, girl. Yeah, yeah. Subscribe right. to the Boss Up podcast. I will work with you. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. Um, Well, let's keep actually on the Life Tracker Planner because it is a tool that Jack and I have used for the past couple of years. You created it. We are absolutely obsessed. We will call ourselves Life Tracker Planner Junkies. And you've talked about why it's a valuable tool. I actually want to ask a more specific question, which which is, what's your favorite part of the Life Tracker Planner? What are your favorite features Mm. that you want anyone who's achieving, who's looking to achieve big audacious goals that you want them to be able to factor into their everyday life Mm. and in their goal achieving uh, journey. Okay. I'll share mine, but then I want to pose the question right back to y'all because you guys are, you're in the ground, you're in the trenches with me figuring this stuff out. You know, I never thought of the life tracker planner as like a finished product. Every year we iterate, every year we make it better. That's great. Yep. And this yep. year, our best evolution yet has monthly tabs, like popular demand. Yes! Which are a little bit hard just from a production standpoint to figure out, but we love them. Um, I love how it came out. It's beautiful. It's like the it's like the heftiest, but in a good way, like it's a yeah. solid piece of uh, planning. Business, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But my favorite part is the scale. And here's what I mean by that. Like, I'm not a bullet journal person. I'm not going to spend four hours making my own weekly map, whatever. I don't have time for that shit. This planner is for someone who is not a bullet journaler. Mm-hmm. If you love bullet journaling, keep on bullet journaling. You know, like do not, do not come over to the, the other side unless your life gets really busy. Right. Because this planner is for the person who like feels guilty for not always being perfect about mm-hmm. using her planner religiously. Oh, we'll get okay. to that. <laughs> so I, I get on an accountability call live with my Life Tracker Planner users four times a year, or really quarterly, and three times in January to just mm-hmm. start us all off on the right track. And I love the women who join those accountability calls who are like, I'm so exhausted. I haven't even looked at my planner for like a month and a half. I'm like, girl, me too. We're in the middle of a pandemic. You know, like, it's okay to not be perfect with this planner. So I like the scale in that you can jump in mm-hmm. once a month 
really set your priorities, really clarify what you want, really clarify your goals. And then I, I mean, the weekly pages, I love them for focusing my attention of the day. I'm a very tactile analog person. I like to write it down. I also have Asana. I also have the digital tools going, but there's something different about writing it down cognitively that really yeah. makes a difference. Same. But even if you don't, even if you use the, the weekly pages or the monthly spread as for a different purpose, like mm -hmm. the most important thing is that you join us at the top of each month and the end of each month to set and then reflect. And every planner or purchaser gets an email from me to remind us to do that and to mm -hmm. just share some timely musings of what's going on. And, and really, it's a very intimate community of women who we thrive while we strive. Yeah, the Courage community is so warm and so welcoming. There's so much shine theory and just like compassion happening. And I feel like at a time like this where people need connection and connectivity, it's been a really nice digital landing pad. Yeah. So thank you for creating it. And, and honestly, what other planner out there has live accountability calls that come with it? I don't know of any. Because like, I'm not interested in just sending these out in January and being like, good luck. Bye. It's like, how's it going? What's happening? Yeah. I care about your life. Like, right. let's talk. Let's help each other out, you know? So <laughs> so good. See you at the end of the year. Good luck. Thanks for Hope your money. You buy again next year. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I have to tell you, whenever I get the email that the Life Tracker planners have dropped, I've been known to pull over and purchase right there. It's like purchasing Coachella tickets for me. Like, I, I love have it. to get them while well, it's hot. Everybody learned their lesson last year. I know. We, we sold out real fast. This year, we have way more product than ever. So I'm hoping that we'll sell out again. But don't sleep on these because the best cover designs, we have three gorgeous cover designs every year. They go fast. And then people get very sad when I can't. I'm like, look, we're a very small business here. This is mm -hmm. a simple operation. Like what you see is what you get if we're out we're out you know <laughs> this is not Target. i can't i don't know what you think i can do but here's my question for you two sure why why do you why do you keep coming back for more what what about the life tracker planner do you love so pre-life tracker planner i was a concerting like festival going party girl that was more concerned with her social agenda than her actual life goals mm. and i think as as opposed to a day planner, this felt like it it encapsulated all of the parts of my life that need to be working properly in order for my life to function at the rate that I wanted it to. Yes. Yes, because there's nothing wrong with caring about festivals. Put it on your put it on your life tracker, you know, like but also find the negotiation within yourself and your limited time on this planet between totally. that and everything else you want to do. It was also interesting when I first got mine, you, I think we're at the tail end of Sminty and it was something interesting about listening to you and Bridget talk about what's happening in your life outside of the podcast that also made me feel motivated to like get my life tracker planner because yeah. I want to have something to right. look forward to. I want to have something to celebrate and achieve. So that was what it did for me. And I got to tell you, probably my favorite part of the life tracker planner. It's not the part that I think most people think about, but it's the life tracker planner tips at the bottom mm. of the start of the week pages. Yeah. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. They always seem to speak to me at the right time. I'm an I actor. When some of my friends book really amazing gigs and that pang of jealousy comes up because that's yeah. the life tracker planner tip that I'm on right now. I, I just feel like those tips are little nuggets of wisdom that I 
use to clarify my goals, but also get the fuck over myself. Like stop. that is so great to hear. I didn't think anyone read those because we've got like famous people's quotes to motivate you, famous women's quotes to motivate you in the top right of every weekly spread, which I love. So good. Totally. But, like my life tracker tips are just little nuggets of goal attainment research, but couched in a fun, snarky little thing. Yeah. And that <laughs> yes. shit is directly from my brain to you. So I'm so glad <laughs> to hear they resonate. Yes. Uh, because you need both, I think, inspiration, but also practical advice sometimes. Totally. Jay, yeah. what about you? So for me, my favorite part was I'm also super like I love seeing things in squares, colors, coordinated bullets. Like I was all about that. But for me, I think I've been on this journey of like self-discovery and really figuring out like who I am as a person. And maybe yeah. so has everyone else during this pandemic. But I think I had... It was the perfect timing because Alana gifted it to me in the end of 2018. 19. That's it. Right. Sorry. 2018. Yeah. And in 2019, like my life, like was like, it was like the rug was pulled from under me Mm. and um, really understanding the difference between like self care um, and, Mm. and, and what I was doing for other people and how they were different. Like, I think you have like the heart, the heart section and then the the health section right the cross mm-hmm. that like I remember when I first my first one that I did in January I like couldn't figure out the difference between the two I was like but this but aren't they the same and I think for me it really just helps me face myself and yeah. um I love like you said the reflection at the beginning and the reflection in the end I get so excited to do that um and yeah. I've gotten a lot better at not feeling guilty if I don't um you know <laughs> cross a box off because I love checking things off right so but yeah they it's it's really just allowed me to organize mostly like my I think my internal my internal thoughts the best way I don't think a planner has ever done that for me that's so interesting to hear because you remind me of another planner person who in the first year said self-care wasn't even on my radar before (laughs) the planner forced me to think about it, you know? Yeah, it's and true. so I think it is, it's like a little bit of structure for those who find themselves drawing blanks, doing mm-hmm. the time and space plotting that I was talking about earlier. Like we must create some sacred time and space to think about ourselves present and future. Right. But if you right. need someone to provide a little bit of structure for doing that, which yeah, is totally I can't normal, do it. I mean, <laughs> right. I mean, like it's, that's the thing. It's hard to create your own structure when you're trying to transform your life. Totally. So, This is the kind of planner that creates almost habitually, right? Mm -hmm. Creates, creates space for you to pursue long-term goals, but make focusing inward a habit. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I love the, I love that you can see the month. So it really allows you to do like micro and macro at the same time, which I'm all about. That's the scope. That's the scale. Yes, absolutely. Also, the Life Tracker Planner for 2021 feels like a new school trapper keeper for anyone (laughs) that had a binder in college. With tabs. With the tabs, with the, like, you are hitting me in all the right spots. So thank you for that. It's so funny because our original mood board when we were starting the design process this year was a 90s theme. Yes. Uh Uh Uh-huh. And so we, like, went hard in the 90s direction. and. I don't think what we what we ultimately develop doesn't scream Save by the Bell, but it does. It is like quietly influenced by that kind of mood. Yeah, I was yeah, say yeah. Lisa so Frank, funny. but yeah, Lisa Frank. Yeah, I mean, yeah, or yeah. but the whole like I'm thinking of the Save by the Well Bell like squiggles. Oh, got it. Okay, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, very Lisa Frank. Um, 
Yeah, it's so funny. Every year we have a different theme. This year, I need to like, I just need, I just hang my head in shame. My 2020 theme was embrace adventure. Yeah. <laughs> and What's I feel like I welcomed this nightmare on us. I was like, whatever comes our way, you can't plan for it. And the whole vibe was like adventure. And I'm like, in retrospect, I was like, this is not what I had in mind when I said embrace adventure. But it was pretty on point. I was it was. Say, yeah, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't 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 be hard on yourself. Like you yeah. set well, the foundation. Next year's theme is start anew. Yeah. So I'm hoping so for a good. clean slate vibe. Fuck 2020. Let's start over again. That's my vibe going into 2021. Okay. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So speaking of 2021 and setting goals and how to achieve them and all the tools along the way, what are certain things that we should avoid when setting goals during times of uncertainty? Because we don't, I don't think people talk about this enough. Mm. I call it the biggest thing I'll, I'll come to right now is aspirational planning. That's what comes up for me right now. Got it. Aspirational planning is all dream, no plan. Meaning Mm. you completely habitually overestimate how much you can get done in a certain amount of time. Mm. You underestimate how much time it will take to get to where you're going. Mm. Uh, Yeah, I've been there, done that. Right. And I think (laughs) aspirations are good for the dreaming part, the visioning part, but not for the planning part. For the planning part, you should probably overestimate how long it's going to take you to achieve that goal. You should set yourself up to exceed your own expectations because the feeling of forward progress is inherently motivating. That's known Mm -hmm. as the progress principle. Teresa Amabile writes about it in the Harvard Business Review. She's the researcher who really uncovered it. Feeling a sense of progress actually keeps you going. So Mm -hmm. if you set yourself up to have completely unrealistic deadlines and benchmarks to achieve completely unrealistic goals, you're going to feel chronically behind Mm. and then bad for feeling chronically behind. And that bad feeling is going to make you less motivated. And then you're more likely to give up. So we don't have time for aspirational planning. Set yourself up with a realistic plan. I don't care if you use smart goals, smart, measurable, actionable, whatever, but (laughs) just make sure, honestly, but, but like the biggest lesson is Stay committed mm-hmm. to achieving what you want to achieve, but stay open to how and when you will achieve it. Can I ask a bit of a, a, a question going off of that idea? Because yeah. you mentioned perfectionism earlier in the episode, and perfectionism is a bit of an issue on this yeah. podcast. Like, we are perfectionists. <laughs> Something tells me you can relate. What advice do you have for perfectionists or overachievers, if, if you would rather define yourself as that? Yeah. Um, what advice do you have for those people who feel like so much is outside of our control? Why even set a goal and possibly risk setting myself up for failure because... I can't control anything. Hmm. That's a really tough one. I call myself in the book a recovering perfectionist. Oh, so we um, need PA yeah. is what you're saying? Perfectionism yeah. anonymous? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it's really hard, right? I think of something that I call in my, in my keynotes uh, as the shame shower, right? Which is feeling bad for feeling sad. <laughs> oh, my God. And yeah, I've been there wow. a million times over. Yeah, it's kind of like, I think in the research on emotional intelligence, they call it a meta emotion. It's a feeling about a feeling. Mm. So perfectionists tend to beat themselves up for 
our transgressions, aka yeah. being human. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, geez. when you fuck something up, right? What is the inner monologue when you inevitably make mistakes? In the Bossed Up mm. uh, Manifesto, which I wrote a million years ago now, it feels, but it sort of has a bunch of sayings that really embody the Bossed Up philosophy. One of them is uh, failure is inevitable on the road to success. Yeah, that's a hard one to read and like digest. Oh my God, it's yeah, it's, it's easy painful, to but it's read. Necessary. It's hard to live, yeah. right? Yeah. So I'll give you yeah. an example. <laughs> For this sure. is a mistake I talk about publicly, and it makes me sweat every time. But like, I am. 99.999% an amazing person to book for your keynote, for your webinar, for your corporate training, your ERG, whatever. I do it all the time. It's a big part of my business. I love public speaking. However, one time I was recording a podcast in my little podcast studio in the basement of my apartment. Everything was in airplane mode. And when I came out from recording said, great podcast. I had about 17 missed calls. Hold on. We're going to have to get here. That's okay. What's up, Teddy? This is Teddy and the mailman. That's an ongoing affair. Hey, I'm telling a story. Can it? (laughs) Thanks, Brad. Um, Oh, okay. Seventeen missed messages. Right. So when I came out of this podcast recording, I had about seventeen missed phone calls, voicemails, emails, Slack messages, everything. My whole team was like freaking out. They're like, "Where are you? You're an hour late to a company-wide." online training that I'd been paid lots of money to do. Right. And it was because of a time zone error. Uh, He's really loud. You got to do something about that. Hold on one second. Yep. Sorry. This is going to make your editing life worse. No, you're fine. Give him a treat or something. Give him a piece of cheese. Let's reward this terrible thing. <laughs> okay. Pick him up like I a baby. Outside. And he's going to close the door. I think we're good. Okay. Cool. Uh, so I said thousands of dollars to pay me for. I was an hour late for because of time zones. I consider myself a very smart and capable woman, but time zones continue to mess me up. I don't know mm-hmm. what it is. Being mm-hmm. in yeah, Denver we, now. Right. I've lived on the East Coast my whole life, and then I moved to Denver three years ago, and it's just like the hardest thing <laughs> to figure out. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean the whole world doesn't live in Eastern time Hello. zones? You know? Mm-hmm. So what did I do in that moment? I felt I was like in the the thick of the shame shower. I'm like, you fuck up, right? Like, how could you? Who are you? Don't you think you're a professional, capable, smart, intelligent woman? They paid so much money for this. You just let everybody down. And I was just standing in this rain cloud on top of my head, right? And then I had to come up with an alternative story to tell myself. Mm. That's what they, they preach in the literature. And I was like, all right, this is my time to try it out. And I was like, okay, here's my line that I have to say back to myself, feeling that shame shower on me. I was like, nobody's perfect, not even me. <laughs> <laughs> and I liked it because it was a little snarky and a little wink at my own ego. But it's like, <laughs> even you make mistakes, Emily. My goodness. There's research that shows if you use your name in the third person when giving yourself a pep talk, it works better. You can actually ah. distance yourself psychologically from the mistake you just made. I'm like, I'm going to try that next time. You Ooh. should. So I'm like, Emily, nobody's perfect, not even you. And I said, okay, deep breath. Nobody's perfect, not even me. Nobody's perfect, not even me. And I called the client back and I said, I really messed up here. And I'm so sorry. I'm going to make it up to you. Here's what happened. Let me get back to you, <clears throat> you know, by the end of the day. I offered them like three more trainings on the house 
And we ended up having such a good time together. Long story short, like it all turned out great. Yes, I stood up an entire company, like multinational, hundreds of people. Mm-hmm. But we were able to rectify and it was okay. And they've they've supported me and come back to me for even more business. So we, we were able to come to reconciliation. But the harder part was my own reconciliation. Because yeah. throughout the course of the day, you're going about your business and then you remember. Right. You fucked up so bad this morning. And yeah. then you're like back in the shower and you're like, yeah. Oh. You know, you're feeling the shame. It's yeah. such a physiological response. And I have to go back to my counter narrative and say, nobody's perfect. Not even you. Nobody's mm-hmm. perfect, not even yeah, you. yeah, yeah. And it's like <laughs> externalizing mistakes as not who you are, but what you did. Oh, God. Taking that growth mindset. Thank you, Carol Dweck, the OG <laughs> of growth mindset research, right? And saying, okay, I am not my mistakes. I'm not my achievements. Mm-hmm. Right? It goes yeah. both ways. Yeah. So trying so to remember. True. My my personal worth, my worthiness as a human being is not linked to my work. And that's really hard for folks like us who care about the work we do. For sure. At the end of the day, we're not our work. It's just that's just how it is, you know? So it's really hard. I'm not gonna lie, but but I think we pride ourselves on our perfectionism. And there's nothing wrong with striving to do your best. True. But it's how you react to the inevitable failures on the road to success that really define your long-term sustainability and your long-term success. Emily, I need like a t-shirt or a sticker that says nobody's perfect, not even you. I think you should make it and send it to our fired president. I love that. That's yeah. a good idea. There's so many people that need that t-shirt. So many. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yes. Well, let's turn it around and talk a little bit about the new year. Because right. I want to end this inter- this interview feeling brand new, if you will. Because there's a whole lot of new coming at us very soon. Yeah. New year, new you, new beginnings. Yes, these sayings might induce an eye roll, but they do take on a new weight yeah, and meaning as we go into 2021. And yes, newness is super exciting, but there's also another type of newness that's coming our way. That's the newness that comes with uncertainty mm-hmm. and that can be stressful. How can we harness the power of newness to our benefit and not let the scary kind of newness paralyze us yeah we've had a lot of new this year so i can <sighs> i can understand why people might be a little bit like that's enough change for me yeah you know? yeah yeah i yeah. get that yeah i get that hold on to the things that are steady in your life you know yeah hold on to those those habits or the things you can control i'm talking the food you put into your body mm-hmm. the exercise you do on a daily basis the people you listen to how you in- fill up your tank like hold on to those things for constancy mm-hmm. that's okay we are creatures of habit. Yeah. But when it comes to change, there are some pretty cool psychological benefits to newness. Um, Catherine Milkman at the <sighs> University of Pennsylvania coined the term the fresh start effect. Mm-hmm. The fresh start effect is completely imbued in everything we do with the, the life tracker methodology. Because what she found is that we have higher levels of aspirational, <laughs> to borrow that term again, <laughs> uh, but aspirational behaviors. Mm at points of temporal salience, meaning new starts, Uh, fresh starts, whether it's your new birthday, a new decade, or if it's a new quarter, a new week, uh, we're more likely to take actions that are in alignment with our overarching goals at the start of something new. So it's, that's why new year's resolutions are such a thing. They're not very sustainable all the time. If that's (laughs) the only time you think about it, 
But the Life Tracker Planner <laughs> is designed to capitalize on the fresh start effect every month and every week mm-hmm. and then every quarter. Right. We've got quarterly right. reflection exercises, right. Right. top of the month Life Tracker yeah. pages, top of the week sort of new new spread. So it's right. It's important to know your routine. Not everyone's week is a Monday through Friday, right? My mom's work week looks really different, 12-hour shifts at a time. When you're an L&D nurse, I would imagine. Right. So (laughs) creating a sense of beginning and end is really important Mm. for your mental health and also Mm. for your ability to think long-term. We are more Ah. likely to take the long view at fresh start moments. I see. So building them in to your planning process, building them into your goal process or your your brainstorming process, your creative process. That's why the average American worker gets a lot more done on a Monday morning than a Friday afternoon. That makes so much sense. Right. So unless you're the weird person who has the most productive hour at two o'clock in the afternoon, which I don't know any of those people, right? Like we need to wax and wane between moments of high engagement and productivity and 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 working with that sort of exhale, that moment of renewal and rejuvenation. And so having the fresh start energy and capitalizing on it when those moments arise is really key. Daniel Pink writes about this a lot in his more recent book, uh, When, The Mm. Science of Timing and and Motivation. Ooh, I really like that. Book to read in 2021. Yeah, right? Well, Emily, what would be your call to action for anyone looking to have a successful, happy, and healthy 2021. Stay focused on what you can control, Mm. right? There are lots of things. There have always been lots of things in our life that we can't control. Yes. 2020 has made it very front of mind, all the things that are out of our control. But uh, that's always been true. Like there's always been systemic forces that we don't have that much individual control over. So Mm -hmm. for 2021 especially, let's be the bosses of our own daily lives, Mm -hmm. right? Decide when you're going to go to your phone and open up Instagram. Don't let Instagram summon you. Turn Mm -hmm. those alerts off. Decide when you're going to tune in for news and how and from where. Don't let news be constantly coming your way, right? Yep. Own your power over your morning breakfast, your morning routine, right? Yeah. Ask for help, delegate, put up boundaries. Yeah. And if it feels like those boundaries are not being respected, maybe it's time for a little, uh, what's the term? Uh, con Marie in your relationship sector, mm. right? Maybe it's you- time to, uh, to edit, you know, think about what sparks joy for you, not just possession wise but people love it yeah <laughs> i thought you were gonna say something totally different because when someone's done me the wrong way i have no issue telling someone to fuck off <laughs> i find that to be believable honestly <laughs> but now it's like okay how do i tell my own phone to fuck off how do i right. tell my own brain to fuck off that's right. a good point so it's sort of like wherever you know get clear on the most important thing for yourself in 2021 and go after that one thing unapologetically Ooh. and then everything else will just be a bonus Mm, I'm going to drop that mic right there because I want to get to the rapid fire before we end this because you've been so much fun to talk to. This is a part of the show that we love to do just to like know Emily a little bit more outside of boss step. Who's Emily when love she's it. talking to, to Teddy and to Brad. So first question or first answer to come to mind, favorite feminist icon. 
Right now, it's Kamala Harris all okay. day, every day. Yeah. Favorite right album of 2020. This is a tough one because I, uh, I've i been leaning a little more into rock and roll these days Ooh. than the straight up hip hop world because we are playing a lot of music right now and I play the drums in our little garage band. Not, it's not the video game, but like our actual little band in our garage. You are so and, cool. And so it's not a new album, but Metrics album that has Black Sheep on it. Or Black Sheep is the album. I mm-hmm. saw her live in Madison Square Garden years ago, and I'm just like re falling in love with Metric. Ooh, I've been in Metric in a long out. time. Thank you for planting that seed. <laughs> okay, best piece of advice you've ever received. Um, best piece of advice I've ever received. Lead with love. That's straight out of my mom's playbook. Great. Just do, you know, leave your life with love. That is, that's why love has been in the bossed up uh, mission statement from the beginning, helping women craft happy, healthy, uh, or no, wait, careers and lives and loves. I forget exactly where it is, but the word love is in there. Where yeah. the hell is it? <laughs> but I feel like people used to say, do you mean relationships? I'm like, no, I mean love. And that's okay to say. Love with a W. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, book that left a lasting impression. I'm fully obsessed right now with uh, the emotional intelligence book I just read um, by Mark Brackett from Yale. I also just had him on the Boss Up podcast. Mm-hmm. What is it called? Permission to Feel. I'll drop a link to that in the show notes. Love yeah. that book right now. It's changed the way I hold my morning meetings, changed the way I talk to my mm. staff. It's just created more psychological safety for everyone in my life. And I think we all need that right now. Okay. I'll drop it in there. Uh, last meal on earth. Hold nothing back. I mean, all the sweets, Like, who <laughs> needs dinner. Let's get straight to dessert. <laughs> okay. I am such a candy fan. I would probably go down in a candy shop. That would be my ideal situation. All right. like, Hi, chew. Give me runs. Give me gummies. Give me Reese's. I'm all over the place. Candy wise, but Twizzlers oof, all day. As long as I don't have to feel the consequences afterwards. Yeah, yeah, you'll be dead. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, we just finished our Halloween candy and it was a sad moment in our house. Okay. Recipe you cannot stop making in quarantine. Um, Big into cookies right now. No surprise. But I don't like repeating recipes. Okay. I like to mix it up. So I just made the molasses, spiced molasses. Ooh. Cookies with dark chocolate chunk. Highly Ooh, recommend. Ooh, yum. Okay. okay. <laughs> Biggest lesson you learned this year? Oof. I think this year I learned how to be a little kinder to myself mm-hmm. and how to show up for my team as a boss, but also like really as a hot mess. And that I used to, I opened my boss up book saying I'm a recovering perfectionist, I'm a recovering hot mess, but I think. We all can be hot messes sometimes, and that doesn't preclude us from being the boss the next day. So totally. I've just been a little, I've been a little kinder to myself, which has been really hard. It's just been a really hard year to run a small business with employees. It's just been crazy. It's a good lesson for sure. Uh, dream travel destination. Thailand. Never been. Must okay. Know. Last purchase you made that excited you? My wake up lamp. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so basic, but like. Having an alarm clock that has, that is not your cell phone for mm-hmm. starters, huge for me. Um, but yeah, I just can't stop. Like I am, after there was the initial shock of 
COVID and we just batten down the hatches and bought nothing because I thought I wasn't going to have a business very mm-hmm. long. Now I'm like all about retail therapy right now. I got to rein it in. But yeah, the alarm clock that I got, that's like a Siemens, I think Simon's wake up lamp. I don't know. Tight. Aww. Awesome. Yeah. Bad days. We all have them. What's your remedy? Well, if you're noticing a theme here, it's cookies. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> wine, cookies. No, honestly, best remedy, calling a girlfriend. Oh. There's something about like a friend friend who's going to keep it real with you, who's not your spouse or partner, who's not your parent or yeah. family member. So you need true. like an outsider's perspective. So Vanessa is my bestie for life from college. And Aww. she's just the perfect person to talk to when you are having a bad day. And she, shout I mean, out honestly, to Vanessa. Yeah, shout out to Vanessa. Honestly, talking to someone else, just a good remedy for anything. Yeah. Even if it's a stranger. For sure. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> Seriously, we need connection. We're wired for connection. Yeah. yeah. Uh, twenty twenty was pretty fucking thorny. But what was your rose? Okay, you want to you want to have some real talk here for a second? I know this is supposed to be rapid fire, but I'm I'm not a concise person. Um, <laughs> I hired my first employee January one. Longtime contractor turned employee. I hired my second ever full time employee March one. And I was huh. like, this is the year. I finally have enough business booked i have enough speaking gigs on the calendar i can feel confident that i can support other people full-time they're gonna walk away from like jobs real full-time paying jobs that they have to join my team two weeks later every booked gig i had on the calendar was gone gone okay gut punch yeah that was the thorn if you (laughs) you want to yeah yeah so I had always in the back of my mind thought I need to make my business. If it's going to stick around, I need to make it more accessible virtually. Mm. I was on a plane every other week. If I ever want to have a baby, which is also on the vision board, it's also on the life tracker planner. I can't (laughs) be on a plane every other day trying to fly across the world all the time to like support my employees and myself. That's just not sustainable. So my long-term goal, like years into the future was to have a hundred percent virtual offerings. It took us three months. It technically, it took us six months to roll out three completely new, 100% virtual, excellent product lines, as they're known to us, but really just programs for job seekers, for leaders on the rise, and for women who want to own their voice and speak up assertively. We have three new awesome online accelerators that sold out, like, immediately. I love that. And it's just like, we just, (laughs) I just evolved we i should say because it was definitely a team effort we just evolved the boss up business at mm. such an accelerated pace it would have taken us years to do what we did in six months because we had to do it or we will all be jobless wow <laughs> isn't, it, did so, it. isn't it amazing we fucking did it yeah, yeah. i'm still oh here God, talking to you about my business that still exists that that is my rose okay that yeah. is my rose congratulations Congrats. that rose <laughs> deserves a glass of rose yeah. i love it yeah Thank you so, so much for being here. We can't tell you how much we loved this and we love chatting with you. Before you leave, we want all the plugs. How can we stay connected? Where can we find you? Where can we buy the book, the day, the the life planner, all of the things? How do we join the courage community? Totally. Okay. So go to the show notes. I'm sure there'll be some great links there. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, go find Bossed Up. That's C-O-S-S-E-D up as in not down. And subscribe because that's where I share two episodes a week of 
fun boss up musings and practical tips and we break down career conundrums to help you be the boss of your life and your career head to bossup.org and sign up for our emails there you'll get an automatic invitation to the boss up courage community and you'll also find our 2021 life trackers if you have any left we'll be there at our website so head there now and let's be fun Hell yeah, Notorious Emily. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Alana. Thank you, Jack. This has been so much fun. Awesome. Have a good one. Bye.